This week on the Magnificently Huge podcast, Nicolas Cage, the man, the myth, the legend. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. So this week we were going to call this episode Cage Match, but frankly, as Brian pointed out, you do any Google search, you're going to find uh, about 100 billion articles uh, comparing s- Nick Cage movies called Cage Match. It's cliche and it's dumb. Um, and when we're talking about Nick Cage movies, we've got enough cliche and dumb to go around. We're, I, I, I personally love Nicolas Cage movies, uh, except for the ones that I don't. So we wanted to do a deep dive and figure out which ones are really good. Uh, you'll, you'll hear us mentioning leaving Las Vegas as the fulcrum. That is because everything before that is sort of Nick Cage, the child, being just hilariously out there. And everything after is Nick Cage, the man, who is either box office gold or trying to pay off all of his real estate debts and uh, IRS uh, 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 bills. Nicholas Cage. Welcome back to the Magnificently Huge podcast. And now that there's a writer's strike, our intros are better. Funny, less. Oh. <laughs> I'm Eric. <laughs> I'm Brian. No, not even remotely. Yeah. Hey, Brian and Eric. This is Chris. Hey. Uh, just, you know, we're, we're doing it all right. We're doing it up. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, a lack of content again after pandemic again. I want to thank the it. writers for helping us generate an audience. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but I'd also like to thank uh, Elon Musk for further driving Twitter into the dirt and <laughs> making it even harder for us to find an audience. Thank you. Yeah. If you if you guys don't like me, I'm going to ruin all of your shit. So there. Because <laughs> the problem isn't the content me. of the podcast. The, con- the problem is Elon. <laughs> yeah, that's my story yeah. and I'm sticking yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. It's not you, it's me. Yeah. No, wait, wait. Damn it. So <laughs> anyway, so welcome what you, back. Yeah, what have you guys been up to this week? Anything fun? Uh fun? That's a relative term in the theory. Bro, bro, broasting outside. It's so oh, hot. It's, it's been uh, over 115 for over 25 days in a row. Uh or no, <laughs> sorry, over 115 for over like seven days in a row, over 110 for 25 days in a row. It's mm-hmm. fucking hot in Arizona. Yeah, uh, but I don't notice it because I just stay indoors all the time and yeah. and keep my ghostly white skin, you know, pristine <laughs> and and yeah. and unblemished. You're such a Bernadette Peters. I'm a troll. I you made national news. Phoenix <laughs> yeah. made national news with the number of days it it hit 110, and I was just yeah. like, "Well, yeah, that's Phoenix." But it didn't and- used to get that freaking ridiculous so consistently i mean no. it felt like it but it never was like you know hey <laughs> three months straight of 120 degrees sucker well like yeah. 118 that's, that's used to be the all-time high we we cleared 118 several days this week like <laughs> it's definitely yeah. different um, i've said it for a long time now our biggest problem is planet too many people and the nice thing about all this heat a lot fewer people well one i don't I know mean, that the heat is actually <laughs> so far reduced the number of people but there's hope it'll, it'll um, happen oh yeah it'll happen. <laughs> well one thing about being in phoenix in the summer is of course they they do the major road construction projects during the summer because all the snowbirds are gone and the yeah. college students are gone and so they're inconveniencing the fewest number of people <clears throat> which means that these poor fuckers are out there in the sun working on you know freeways in this heat it's just it's just really not Boring. okay Pouring yeah. tar that never dries. Well, right. that's when you get the uh, the big cling lights to go up at night. And so they do the bulk of the work overnight when okay, there's no like baking the sun. Okay, but the low temperature is 98. Yeah, like- <laughs> well, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's their out. So there is no hope. Yeah, And I've <laughs> seen them working hope. in the day on the weekends. I, I don't understand how that's yeah. like, okay. But anyway. 
Hot time, summer in the city. La 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 you went and saw like stuff and did things and whatever yeah so i'm all ears yeah i okay <laughs> i i i predicted that it would go like this i would say so yesterday i saw barbie and brian would say oh yeah i saw that and chris would say oh god oh Where yeah I-, I saw that i mean i i've got nothing for or against it I yeah. just it's just kind of just there that's just like, con- that's content as far as i'm yeah. concerned so i'm not too con- too con- uh, concerned with seeing it this is the surprise awesome movie of i don't know how many years i was like looking uh-huh. at this going this is going to suck this is going to be this is going to be the kind of thing where it's like they want to be hipper <laughs> and smarter than thou and uh, it's just gonna you, annoy me you thought it was gonna be a last action hero be I real. thought it was yeah, yeah yeah something that like was advertising itself as being much better than it was no 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 it's it's it is it is fucking great it is like whatever I thought would be good enough it was much better than I don't okay. know it's okay so Barbie basically starts getting depressive thoughts in Barbie land and can't figure out why and must go into the real world to find the girl playing with her to find out why the girl is you know so depressed uh-huh. and it's like that should be the entire movie in a, in a normal bad movie. That's the first act. It's like yeah, this everything thing has you, layers. Yeah. Everything <laughs> you think of where you go, oh, this is just uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. No, they, they, they handle that in the first act and then they move on to bigger and bigger things thematically. And it's just so much fun. Uh, uh, no, it is. What? It is super surreal, right? Like. Barbie world is literally the toys like the houses don't have walls. You know, they are the same construction as the Barbie dream house toys. Like she pours they... herself a cup of nothing because there's no liquid in her yeah. milk carton. And, you know, like it's just. But it exists in a parallel world. Yes. And they never explain why. And the Mattel people know this. And yes. like when things happen in Barbie world, it affects the toys. And when things happen to the toys, it affects Barbie, Barbie land. And yeah. it's no one ever says why. Uh, but also, what, what's his name? Uh, Farrell? Will Farrell. Will Farrell yeah. is the head of Mattel. And the previews make it sound like, oh, he's the corporate asshole bad guy. No, he's not. He's he's actually Buddy from Elf. I, uh, Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> does, uh, everything does where you, every cliche you think is going to happen really doesn't. I does, I. I like does that. Michael Sarah acquit himself well? I keep seeing yes. he's like oh, yeah. the, oh, like yeah. Ken's friend. Okay, Alan. Yeah, yes, he's Alan. Like, there's a lot of like uh, Barbie, like, like, like toys where they yeah. discontinued them that show up. It and... seemed like very like at that point they were veering into sort of like weird Toy Story territory somehow. Oh, uh, there's a little bit of that. There's like the Barbies that were discontinued. Like there's a pregnant Barbie that they like don't <laughs> want anybody to remember and she's there. Nice. There's a cameo Dusty. from from the the doll that um Dan Savage named Cockring Ken. Uh, yeah, Cockring <laughs> Ken shows up. Um I saw I saw Kate McKinnon shows up as like the the Barbie that the kid just draws on and burns the hair and the yeah, whole nine yards. Yeah, weird okay. Barbie. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, right. it's it's actually hilarious. Like I, it's fully surreal, right? And yeah. it is on the surface, it is just stupid, stupid, stupid. But it has like several layers. Like everything that happens in this movie works on a couple of different layers. Like in a plot layer, in a meta layer, in a feminist layer. Like which they're, is they're the most interesting part. It's yeah. the the sort of this is why we don't like bros kind of uh uh. uh Thing in the third act that i just loved and of course this is the thing that ted cruz and various right-wing dorcases are now complaining about i i love listening to elected politicians complain about a movie about part barbie oh for fuck's yeah. sake Bar- well, well that barbie doesn't stand doesn't doesn't come to the high standards that you know elected <laughs> politicians have yeah. lower so- part 
Chris, without giving too much away, the, the, the basic trick here is that in Barbie world, Barbie is everything. Barbie's the president. Barbie's the Supreme Court. You know, the whole thing is run by Barbies. Right. And so Ken's are the oppressed minority. And so yeah. it's making a commentary on the patriarchy through this twisted lens. Oh, and then it goes important, places. Important okay. note. When we say Barbie is all these things, every there's a ton of female characters and all of them are named Barbie. In the end credits, yes. there's like a list of Barbie, Barbie, 10 Barbie, different Barbie. women. Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. <laughs> right. And then Ken, yeah. Ken, 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 Ken. It's, they all have the same name, but they're a society of yeah. the same named people. And yeah, I love how it starts with uh, Ken being like the 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 broad who's like, oh, please notice me. <clears throat> and then Ken gets the power and then Ken right. loses the power. It's like, I, yeah. The only, the only anecdote I really know about this from all of the publicity blitz is they had asked Ryan Gosling like why he decided to do Ken in the Barbie movie. And I think the the first thing he said during the interview was, well, I got the script and the cover page said uh, Barbie and Ken and Ken had been scratched out with a magic with a like a Sharpie. <laughs> and he's like, and so at that point, I knew I was in. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's another thing. He is awesome in this. And you really remember that he was a Mouseketeer. Mm-hmm. He can sing, he can dance, he's funny, and he's goofy. And you don't see that anymore. Ryan Gosling now just does serious mopey action serious guys you know right ryan gosling steals the movie like he really does he's he's oh god the part where it's like let's we'll go to the beach and i'll play my guitar at you i still can't get that song out of my head (laughs) i i don't want to ruin anything that when that happened i was like that is the ultimate bro down and yeah yeah, that's why i hate guys yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know I'm sure it'll, I'll see it eventually, but it's just not anything. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, they've been trying to make this movie for 14 years and Mattel got crazy. the rights back from Sony. And yeah. then apparently this has been a Margot Robbie thing. Like, so she got attached to it and she was the producer and she's the one who hired Greta Gerwig, who Gerwig. was like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, only if my writing partner gets to help me write it. And they're like, sure. And so then they got this whole Greta Gerwig, Noah Bumbach take on i mean and that's what makes it work it's what's fascinating to me is that it's getting so much press it's sort of like uh like a weird technicolor version of batman from 1989 when it was suddenly like (laughs) the it movie that everybody had to go see i think the thing though is that it's actually good that's the that's the thing it's like the batman movie was just it was dopey you know (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it was a big deal it was a big marketing push this one it's it's deserved I mean, I would love nothing more than to to shit on this movie. It is deserved, but let's give props to the marketing people. Okay, the Barbie marketing campaign has been phenomenal. They made like they've made like HGTV Barbie Dreamhouse shows, and they did the whole viral thing where everybody posts themselves as a Barbie, and they've had Margot Robbie showing up to a bunch of events dressed in actual Barbie fashions. And I'm sure there's probably 12 <laughs> of those on the shelf that, that they yeah. can't use because of the writer's strike. Like, I it wouldn't surprise me to learn that the whole Barbenheimer thing is actually Staged. the Barbie marketing yeah. team I mean, doing yeah. their social media bit. Like, they, well, these people are on it. Well, what I like is all of the people talking about, you know, well, this is this is great. This is a great movie, this and that. And then I think I'd seen a couple of people actually posited this without thinking that maybe we can get more uh original ideas non-ips uh in the future and i'm like you're talking about one of the biggest ips in history <laughs> it's like that like, this movie would not be a success if it did not have that name yeah. recognition like, and it's just yeah, so my, stupid my wife got mad at me for that we were talking about uh like i i because I, I noticed all the movie posters were like of movies that were not ips and right. i'm like why is this all happening oh it's i maybe it's like everyone's fi- finally tired of marvel and they're like, we, we have to start coming up with some original stuff. Yeah. Fuck and, that. That's... and she had said, yeah, I noticed, I think I, I figured out why, you know, there's all these non-IP movies. She mentions Barbie. And I'm like, that's, 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 that's an IP. That's an IP. Yeah. But, and I got, I got in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. What I'd like to know, get, get your opinion is that, uh, do you think this will help Mattel's uh, future film chances? 
because there's a Hot Wheels oh, movie sure. on the way with J.J. Abrams, who's promised to keep it more grounded and emotional. No, Mattel's, Mattel's going to get a fucking... <laughs> That's real. That's uh, a real thing, man. I mean, so is the Gran Turismo movie about the kid who started racing real na- cars yeah. because he played yeah. the video Neil game. Neil Bloomkamp, so I'm going to I'm yeah. gonna hold out hope. I mean, but I mean, Hasbro still hasn't figured out how to make any of their other brands work, and Disney's doing yet another Haunted Mansion movie. Like, I, I don't know. I think Mattel's going to get a big head and they're they're not going to have anywhere near the success because yeah. they're not going to understand. They're going to make like the equivalent of a movie, right? Like they're not going to make another one of these. These these things are rare. Yeah. Well, I, think, I just yeah, every every one of these toy uh, companies, they get one you know, or, yeah. or Disney gets Disney got Pirates of the Caribbean and that's it. Not even the sequels. Just right. yeah. Yeah, right. you know, and then well, yeah. Here's here's the actual quote from Abrams when they asked about the Hot Wheels movie. He said, "For a long time, we were talking to Mattel about Hot Wheels, and we couldn't quite find the thing that clicked that made it worthy of what Hot Wheels that title deserved. Then we came up with something emotional and grounded and gritty." Every time uh, I read no, that, no, no, it no. just makes me laugh. Hot Wheels are kids stringing orange pieces of plastic in impossible <laughs> ramps to to like try to make a loop, and then the cars go careening yeah. off into the basement. That's yeah, Hot Wheels, yeah. like yeah. everything. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Though, no. though if they okay. did one where the kid actually accidentally swallowed it and it became them trying to get the, the car out and the car <laughs> mm-hmm. is like going through his, his tum tum and he yeah. has to poop it out. That yeah. could make for a more interesting Hot Wheels movie. That'd be the David Lynch version. Oh, wow. It, no, he, <laughs> from the perspective of the driver of the Hot Wheels cars, it's, yeah. it's like fantastic yeah. voyage. Yeah. But, but shitty, literally. Um, literally. Well, I'm, well <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed your, your hot, fun summer popcorn flick because this yeah. is it this is going to make all the money i think well then there's oppenheimer afterwards and i need to see that soon yeah i haven't seen it yet that's on my short list yeah all right eric so you you i think that's also why oppenheimer is not going to make a whole lot of movie a whole lot of money because one everybody knows you have to see it at an imax and nobody's going to bother and yeah, two barbie is very accessible <laughs> are you saying that a movie about the father of nuclear Holmes is not accessible. <laughs> I'm saying anything by Christopher Nolan is not accessible. And and also yeah. I have I have a hard time like really wanting to see a movie about a guy I've seen three or four different movies about already. Well, I mean, here I've, put put it into perspective. Nolan approached Killian Murphy and whoever plays uh the guy in charge of Manhattan Project, Strauss, I guess yeah. his name was, and he basically said that watch Amadeus because the dynamic is very Mozart Salieri. And apparently that was the impetus for the way the characters interact in this thing. I don't know. I mean, that might be worth watch, but let's see. I've seen Brian Dennehy play that general. I've played seen Paul Newman play that general. (laughs) I mean a little boy. Yeah. Yeah. I I there was there was a TV show Manhattan. It's like it's very covered ground. Yeah. All all I know is that and, and you know, and maybe I need to blame this on oh, I can't even remember the damn guy guy's name michael composer. Bay. no the composer that works on all of these nowadays or at least the composer puts his name on all of these now but yeah i know who you mean but <laughs> like really ever since the dark knight like all of zimmerman hans zimmer hans zimmerman jesus yeah and i know hans zimmerman is really just a collective yeah, of, of people but no it's more than just like the 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 absolute beating you over the head repeatedly right just dong 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 like this is every christopher <laughs> nolan movie since the dark knight's just fuck you all right the trailers just come on and hit you and hit you and hit you and it's like all of them and so like oppenheimer shows up and it's like here's three more hours of of just being pummeled by christopher nolan and hans uh yeah right do you think know. he'll ever make a a rom-com just a basic yeah Rom-com. i yeah, do the soundtrack but you... <laughs> i think because he makes one of everything you know yeah. he made he made yeah. a he made a a biographical film he's made a a you know war film true story he's made a comic book action movie sci-fi like, yeah yeah he's got to make a western before he gets to the rom-com though i think that might be harder yeah mm-hmm. just be it's kind of like yeah when uh when david lynch made a g-rated movie it's sort of like that's totally left of center <laughs> yeah doesn't make a lick of sense but it's still a fun movie yeah but yeah yeah the i plan on doing fucking everything yeah 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 i'm yeah. trying to think of yeah. like 
Christopher yeah. Nolan's When Harry Met Sally, where he interweaves all of the timelines of all the different <laughs> periods of time when Harry and Sally knew no. each other. And, you need to get like you need yeah. to get uh Christopher Nolan, uh David Fincher, and Steven Soderbergh together for some sort of like massive multi-part show on like streaming somewhere oh, where God. just all of this where every episode they get to do their own genre. So oh, this God, is the sitcom yeah. and this is the sci-fi. Yeah. Like a Manhattan murder mystery of the 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put uh put Adam Sandler in it while you're at it. Let's just see how this turns out. <laughs> oh, I'm trying right. to think of what's the Sondheim musical um, into the woods the single about the single guys or the single people uh, that one oh. he could do. Uh, oh, you know what I mean? Right. Vaguely. I'm not a huge Sondheim nerd. I'm so not either. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like thinking that's a uh, company. Yeah, he he could he could do a, a, a movie version of Company. That would be up Christopher Nolan's okay. alley. <laughs> there you go. We'll All see. Right. Um, so speaking of loud music, um, Eric and I did go to a concert um, in the last. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, we, <laughs> <laughs> we went and saw Sparks with opening act. They might be giants at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, not familiar with that band. Could you maybe tell me a little bit about them? Why, yes, I, I can. Um, well, what <laughs> I will you. direct you to is this cool podcast I've heard called The Magnificently Huge Podcast. And yeah. they did an episode called Know This Band Sparks. And I'd recommend yes. you go listen to that. Yeah. So yeah. is Kate Blanchett actually touring with them? Or was that no. just... No. The, okay. That, that was, was just the damn. Bonnaroo or the whatever the fuck. The, okay. Because that would make the show if, if they do yeah. the girl was crying in my latte and then she comes out on stage and does the yellow suit dance. Yeah, she was not doing it. They did the song. Okay. It's actually better than the album cut live. Uh, live band definitely. Yeah. Helps. I, I was not familiar with it. And I was like, oh, I like this new stuff. Yeah, the and, new album is good. Yeah. yeah. And and 70 and 80 year old, you know, guys jumping around live on stage. Like, you know, very, very impressive. Hey, as long as the keyboard still says Roland, then all is right. I mean, in Ronald, world. and it does. It <laughs> yeah, says Ronald. Whatever it, it is. It absolutely does. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, they were they were better than expected. I mean, I just was seeing them because it was a bucket list band for me. It was like, wow, I, I yeah. they're still playing. I got to do it. And they, um, you know, the band was tight. The, the mix was good. Russell can still hit those crazy high notes, which is ridiculous. Seeing somebody perform This Town Ain't Big Enough for both of us live is uh, impressive. Like, that is a bastard of a song to perform it was it was a lot of fun the, the, the problem with it i guess is that they've got more albums than they had number of songs they could play right so there's no way you're going to get enough of of anything well didn't they already do that they like played one album a night or something uh yeah that was years ago yeah they uh, but i mean like there's like lots of singles i would have expected them to play and then afterwards i thought no They've played the, all of those to fucking death. They're probably yeah. like, let's let's play the ones at least that we really like. You know, like how many times can you play Monster of Love in your life? All of them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the only ones you can count on for any given <laughs> concert are uh, This Town of Big Enough for Both of Us and When Do I Get to Sing My Way? Those are probably the two that they will always play. Yeah. Interesting. Um, balls yes, those uh, aren't surprised the- me. Yeah. Balls. All you need are balls. Two sixteen up balls. Okay, here's your wake up call. 
convocation. We are instigation. It is your wake-up call or your second call. Balls, all you need are balls to succeed our balls. All you need are. Those are not actually actually the ones that I would think that they would play. But then they've got like almost 60 years of songs, like you said. So yeah, right. Go figure. I was happy that uh, they played Angst in My Pants. That's always a fun one. Yeah. I mean, you'd almost have to. That's like Ooh. something from that era. That's what I'm saying. There's like some that there there's somewhere you're like, oh god, they're gonna play that, and they didn't. And I was did like, they do like oh. hy- hyper sequenced uh, backtracks for like the the Marauder stuff? Oh, they killed number one in heaven. Okay, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. that was that was also great. It was fun because, of course, uh, Eric and Tanya had trouble finding parking. Because uh, <laughs> it's L.A. In Los Angeles. Go figure. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And the town yeah, that's Tanya's... literally like, yeah, one giant parking lot and you can never yeah. find parking. It's irritating. Lightning was coming out of uh, Tanya's ears. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we we flew in. We got to the hotel. I laid down for a nap. And then I wake up to we're late. I'm like, huh? And so like everything from from that moment what? to sitting down in our seats was just like like a panic fest where I'm like, uh oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So, so like, did you they did you miss in a, a little hot? We missed. Did nothing. you miss any of the they might be giants, or did you get to see no. that too? That's the thing. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nothing it, bad happened. It yeah. all worked okay. out beautifully, and everybody had a good time. It's just yeah, yeah, getting yeah, there yeah. was was the challenge apparently. Yeah. Uh, so so how are the two Johns live these days? They always had a good live act, but uh, I'm, I'm always wary of when the musicians are aging, if you're going to get your, your dollar's worth. No, they were also really good. They had the horn section, which okay. always helps, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you could tell they were a little freaked out by the size of the, the yeah. stage in the audience. It's like, what yeah. do we do with all this? <laughs> they, they're definitely past their heyday. So, interesting. But they sounded, no, they sounded like every bit as good as, you know, when it was in their heyday. I was right. I was impressed. They yeah. do not sound, they don't have old people voices. Their voices sound the same. still very tight their drummer was having a ball i mean the the rhythm section of that band i never noticed how good it is well you know they had a rhythm section one ad so they probably found some good guys they uh <laughs> they um I'm sorry God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, now this is a band that has a long back catalog that did pretty much play the hits right like they they played just about everything you wanted them to play uh which yeah. was which was pretty impressive um they even I mean, played don't let start you know yeah, and say that that's a group that you could probably get two or three solid songs off of every single album mm. and doesn't yep. matter like which ones they're all good but yeah i just play the hit i, I yeah i i just i i knew they wouldn't i was just hoping hoping against hope that at one point they would take 30 seconds just to do minimum wage because that yeah. is the funniest goddamn thing ever. And yeah, I used to play like when uh, when that album came out, Flood, I would just l- literally play that track on repeat <laughs> for like 10 minutes <laughs> in my dorm room and just irritate the living fuck out of everybody because I would crank it to 12. I didn't care, but it was just like that whip crack on there, man, gets me every time. But I can see like right after the whip crack, him, you know, the the, the singer, if you will, standing with like a foot up on something, doing a uh, a, a Captain Morgan and just right. having that look on his face of a oh, barrel cowboy. Oh, yes. Yeah, ah! seriously. <laughs> I was, I'll admit, I was hoping for fingertips, you know, like full on. Yeah. Or spider. Yeah. I mean, I would love to just see a medley of the the hidden tracks from Apollo 18 because it's just like they're little 10 second whatever yeah. blurbs of every song <laughs> that didn't quite make the cut. And you get to the one that's like all the frantic 
bits and then you get to the one i'm having a heart attack yeah that, that is fingertips <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, oh yeah such fun but but honestly yeah both bands were a lot of fun had a great time got to see eric and his wife it was good we did it yay yeah. in yay. la la you're in LA. la and wow got to go to la okay uh <laughs> well i wish i right. could top that but it's hard I, uh, what do you got? I'll be brief because it's not going to deserve much discussion. But I found one of my uh, my blind spots in my uh, my viewing of Schwarzenegger movies, uh, and Ooh. I finally watched 1996's Eraser. And oh wow! Oh yeah! It's oh yeah! With Jimmy Kahn, it's flipping terrible. Vanessa man. Williams, yeah, with yeah. like some weird space age military weapon that like shoots magnetic. <laughs> aluminum I, bullets with some force field. it's just like yeah what, what? i want to say i want to say it's it's terrible but at the same time like like just just in your head set it now and put the rock in there and it is absolutely oh it, today. It, it's it like definitely there's, yeah, yeah yeah there's there's nothing about it that isn't standard <laughs> i mean i'm i'm watching it and we're like we're like 10 15 minutes in and i'm like this is the most 90s 90s action movie i think i've ever seen ever <laughs> It just had all of the, the 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 hallmarks, you know, just the obnoxious music, the explodey stuff, and quippy Arnold trying trying his damnedest to make this one stick. You've been erased. It's like yeah. no, dude. Was, the the film's called Eraser. Can you, can you do better? Seriously. There was something about the marketing for this movie that told me that like, oh, the party's over on Arnold yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're watching it, and it's sort of the the beginning of the endy kind of stuff it's like this is this when was, he started to teeter right this was like in, in i think right before things like um his 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 satan movie uh into yeah, yeah. face yeah i mean yeah that that string of movies that basically said uh look look for me soon as governor of california yeah you could tell he was starting <laughs> to look beyond the the hollywood horizon but yeah the late 90s were pretty much his fallow period and this I, one is just this the death knell. This is like the nail yeah. in the coffin kind of a thing. No, I must just, say, ugh. I I did have a lot of fun watching the, the airplane action sequence. I thought that was particularly a dude going into a jet engine. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Yeah, except when you cut to the ones and it's obviously they had to, you know, work within the confines of their budget. And so it's like a blue screened. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> chroma key Arnold in the in the parachute watching the the plane circle around and like hit him in midair i mean it's just yeah. so stupid oh yeah. my god and then you know james con basically doing the dad from elf before he was the dad in elf it's just <laughs> like just so dumb on so many levels but there's a there's a future show like the the arc of arnold schwarzenegger because he's when he started when he was interesting it was because of near x-rated violence you know, like he was the guy you were actually legit scared of. And by the end of it, he was, uh, you know, the guy running through a mall trying to get a toy for his kid and and battling Sinbad. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get to a racer 96 and then it's like jingle all the way. Batman and Robin end of days, the sixth day collateral damage. Terminator the need three. to stay commercial is what ruined his commercial prospects. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just it just dries up like a grape. It's so weird. But anyway, the action is tepid. The one-liners are weak. The plot is just <laughs> serviceable. Uh, but it's on Amazon Prime if you really need something to do for 90 minutes <laughs> of your day. I mean, if it's only 90 minutes, that's a point in its favor. Right? Yeah, right? Like Back when they knew how to do it. You got to cram those butts in the seats as much as you can. So, yeah. You've been erased. <laughs> Welcome to my latest corporate product. Yeah. I work alone. This is like how they tell you, I work alone. If anybody comes to you saying that I sent them, you shoot them and he hands her a gun. And then literally that happens uh, about 30 minutes later. It's just like, it's the most amazing script ever. <laughs> so, Edesa. Uh, so, yay. That's yay. A, That's my bucket list full. God damn it. Ugh. All right. Well, shall shall we enter the cage? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I, uh, I don't th- know if you guys have the same relationship with Nick Cage. I do. I've always been just a huge fan of his idiocy. It's like, I don't think he's better than you think he is. I think he's about as bad, but I am entertained by it. I mean, yeah, you, you suggested this one and then I thought, oh yeah, I've got some stuff I can do. And then I went through and looked at his filmography and I gotta be honest. It's like after early 2000s i think adaptation maybe kick-ass might mm-hmm. be the only other thing that i had seen him in deliberately because <laughs> uh, i'm yeah. looking at his i'm looking at his filmography when he got into all that trouble with the irs and it's just literally nothing in here that i've seen or really feel like seeing and he has been doing three or four movies a year for yes. a decade yeah it's like the, the quality control just went out the window he did well, he did seven movies in 2018 that's just the, FYI. That's the I got <laughs> bills to pay aspect. He's just like, I yeah. don't care. I'm I'm gonna just say yes and bring my bring what I can to that and and right. get paid. Right? Well, I mean, he's not I noted for being fiscally responsible. I mean, that. it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has like he had like a castle in Bulgaria. He bought an island in the Bahamas. He did this and that, and then suddenly it's like, oh shit, I don't have enough money to pay for all of this crap. And that's when he had to start doing a movie a week for like yeah. 12 years. That's literally what it felt like. So Nicholas Coppola shows up on the scene in the early eighties. And, um, we, it's we, a blinky, we originally talked yeah. about this. It was sort that we sort of said there was a fulcrum in his, in his filmography, which was leaving Las Vegas. Right. And, and honestly, one of my picks for pre that, uh is valley girl which is where i became aware of him it's one of his first roles yeah and he is credited as nicholas coppola in in that movie but well well he does apparently when he was on set with in fast times at ridgemont high and mm-hmm. a blink and you'll miss him role uh the reason he changed his name to nick cage was not only to dispel the the rumors of nepotism because of his uncle yeah Francis Ford Coppola, but apparently people just wanted to talk to him about the Godfather nonstop. <laughs> and he's like, I can't, man. I oh, just wow. can't. So yeah. So that ha- that happened. Yeah. I remember him in in uh Rumblefish as well. That was another bit well, part, but you could kind of tell he's gonna be a famous guy. He's he's yeah. Yeah. I mean, of the of his early roles, so you got Valley Girl, Rumblefish, Racing with the Moon, the Cotton Club, Birdie. The Boy in Blue, Peggy Sue Got Married, Raising Arizona, Moonstruck, and Vampire's Kiss. That's pretty much I'll call his 80s output. Uh, so it's interesting Boom. that you chose Valley Girl, Brian, because it's, yeah. I mean, it's good, but it's still not quite cageerific. It's not cageerific, but that's almost the first thing I think of. I think that was such mm. a, <laughs> that was such a coming out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, that what a star making turn, right? Like he shows up and he's just absolutely, yeah, all so eyes dreamy. on him. Anytime he's, he's so on the screen, dreamy. he's yeah. eating scenery. And uh, yeah, I mean, dreamy punk, that's kind of a little, you know, far fetched, I guess, but I, I suppose it's okay. Punks can have dreamy eyes or whatever. Um, no, I just, I think it's just that that movie in particular is such a cultural touchstone for Gen X and it's it's hard to to not love it right like it, it's just one of those ones that that sticks and so it's it's hard for me to yeah that's where i mean I it's aware of them well i mean it plays on uh cable and whatnot all the time so my wife and i watch it all the time but mostly for the soundtrack yeah and then, well, and then for nick cage this was one of those ones my brother showed me yeah. because he was into it and he was into it for the soundtrack and and so then yeah that i mean honestly of of most like of his movies this i would put in my top five for nick cage roles i mean just because i've seen it so many times and he is quite enjoyable in it and uh but he's not quite established as just that blazing weirdo that he would become known to be so it's just interesting it is sort of the the early version of the 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 what was it fuck 16 candles guy john John, John Hughes. Cusack. It's a it's a very John Hughes story. You know, it's it, it, it it's uh, pretty in pink, really, but yeah. much earlier. Yeah. Well, it's also funny when uh, when Frederick Forrest shows up as the girl's mom, and then uh, the oh shit, I can't remember the name of the mom, but she was also in 
Apocalypse Now with Frederick Forrest. They had like a whole scene. She was one of the Playboy <laughs> bunnies. So when you when you like know that stuff and you're watching Valley Girl again, it's really goofy <laughs> to just see that revisit. And then knowing the Coppola connection and the whole nine yards, it's right. all very strange. For me, but, uh, for me, the the most uh, cage like moment is this is the one where during the breakup scene, he just throws out the line at her where he's like you know, throwing his rage at her for being dumped. And he says, fuck off, fuck off for sure. Like, totally. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off for sure. Like, totally. Or I like he's hiding in the shower during the party and the two people come in and start uh, blazing up. And so he's getting high, but he can't like let anybody know he's in the shower. And so he's just silently like shooting at them. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> quite, it's quite amusing. Uh, so yeah, but the, yeah, yeah. it's, mm. it's good. Uh, we, well, we, I, we, yeah, sorry. I, I, we, the second act of his, his career, then I think is, uh, raising Arizona. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my top pick. Cause that's where the one he where he becomes I, yeah, the where fucking really, hilarious guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this I, was that my was runner the up, movie one of my yeah. runner ups. Yeah. That might be the first thing I ever actually saw him in. If I'm being totally honest. Because yeah. a lot of his movies weren't for kids. And so up until the mid 80s, I wasn't getting to R-rated movies as much as I probably could have. Uh, so I missed all of the like the the serious acting stuff. But the Raising Arizona comes out, and my God, it's like yeah. every every single character in that movie is hilarious. But H.I. McDonough is just that is one of the most underappreciated roles, I think, in his entire career. Yeah. I think that is. I think that's really the first Coen Brothers movie because Blood yeah. Simple, that's fil- almost film school. That's almost learning how to make a feature. Right, right. This is the first one. And they they hated Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I, I think it's because he made their movie work. You know, right. it's like whatever they thought was a good idea. No, it was Nicolas Cage with that look on his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When he like you know pumps the shot, let's go get Nathan Junior. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, or when he's running down done. the aisle of the supermarket and the entire cereal shelf explodes because yeah. the guy just shot him. Oh, I'll just turn around and go this way. Well, and there's not going to be a lot of actors that are willing to put a pantyhose on their head, but have like the yeah. legs flopped out like like limp <laughs> rabbit ears during that entire sequence. Yeah, you know, he's like, I'll oh, God. I'll be taking these huggies and whatever, whatever cash, cash you got on the register. <laughs> it's just so stupid but uh but it's infectious fun uh yeah but in a in a movie full of just crazy weirdos he's the one that just stands out to me every single time so it's it's fun but it's also very nascent because you don't really get in my opinion uh real nick cagey until i guess the year before peggy sue got married came out and he's just the most obnoxious character in that like the choices he makes for that role i just i can't yeah. watch the movie because of it because it's just oh, kathleen oh, no, turner no, no. and him hated each other yeah. for years yeah. because because he would make these huge uh choices and she would just be like what in the fuck are you doing he's like <laughs> yeah. my job you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> this was my other runner-up but mostly because of him being so cringy right like the whole yeah. thing is she's trying to make him into elvis or the beatles or whatever and and he takes she loves you and does she loves you ooh, 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 yeah you know? <laughs> yeah but it's just the voice he uses for that entire character it's just it's just i mean i just i watch it and i'm like that's that's your choice and your uncle directing the movie just lets you do it i mean it's just i mean that to me <laughs> starts to get towards peak weird cage because yeah. it's just like he's gonna do it no matter what because that's just yeah. what he wants to do and it's so oh, my, funny <laughs> my parents loved the movie moonstruck but they oh. hate him in it and they would be just be like oh god they I he ruined that, that movie. movie i'm like no he you didn't no he didn't he's the reason that movie that's uh, once again he's like that he's like i don't know he's, he's like that spice you put into a dish that's like yeah. a little overpowering but at the same time it's it's what makes it taste so good (laughs) yeah but you watch moonstruck and you believe that he becomes infatuated with Cher. i mean it's just it's just organic and you believe that she's very much intrigued by him because he's just off off center just slightly but compared to the brother in the movie it's just sort of he's he's the interesting one but he's like that whole scene when she first meets him and he's got the wooden hand he took my hand and he's just like full on like this this is like pre-face-off yelling (laughs) 
yeah. but it's just this weird scene in, in the middle of Moonstruck. Yeah. Oh, it's so dumb. That whole period, it's like intensity. That's why you hire him. Intensity. Yeah. That's uh, uh, okay. Vampire's Kiss, fucking genius. Uh, That's not that, not a movie worth watching except no. for him. It's a that, showcase of how awesome he is. I think that to me is his iconic role. If I'm being honest because that's the yeah. first thing i think of when i think of nick cage because yeah, he's it's so idiosyncratic and so weird and has no place in any movie even the one it's in but it still somehow works it's just it's a strange how much it's of this manic energy do we think is is drugs and how much of it is personality and I, I, personality lot, lot i think of most of it's personality, personality. Yeah. i think it's all personality especially at this point i yeah yeah i mean it, you look at like his filmography up to this point. He is that guy in the movie that's making, you know, that th- that is so like intense and weird. He's kind of throwing off the vibe of the whole thing. Vampire's Kiss was basically, all right, do it. Whatever the fuck yeah. you're going to do, do it. And he does. And it it's like, <laughs> it makes yeah, the movie. yeah, it he's makes fucking the movie. awesome. Yeah. Well, and it's, then it's at the same time that was coming out. He was making Wild at Heart where uh, uh, Lynch was like, yeah, do that thing again. Yeah, you know, it's like people are starting to understand he's a tool in your toolbox that you let you let him do his thing. But it's so weird, though, because that same year, 1990, when Wild at Heart comes out and you've just got the crazy unhinged Nick Cage performance that I love. But then it comes out the same year as Firebirds, the helicopter movie made with Sean Young and Tommy Lee Jones, which is basically like Top Gun, but with helicopters. Yeah. And he's just so dead eyed and out of place in that entire movie. Cause he's just basically yeah. sitting in a cockpit. I mean, it's money. Just, yeah. yeah, that was, that was, well, that was the money thing. Somebody said, well, you know, Top Gun made a lot of money. You just yeah. want to do like that. Oh, all right. Sure. Top cop. So, so since we're Somebody saying the said, words, here's Top how Gun, much you didn't make making vampires yeah. kiss. <laughs> since we're saying the words yeah. Top Gun and we're talking about Nicolas Cage, I, I, I think there's this notion of Tom Cruise is the last movie star. And I call bullshit because yeah. like, to me, what makes a movie star a movie star is you cast them, right? Like Jack Nicholson is a movie star. Bogart oh, yeah. was a movie star. Nicolas Cage is a movie star in that same mold. You're not you're not casting the character. You're casting Nick Cage to bring a character Nick Cage to a character. Yeah. You know yeah. I, mean? I think the only difference is that Nick Cage is still idiosyncratic enough, whereas Tom Cruise is like populist to the core. Like if his yeah. movies don't make more than a third world country's GNP, I they mean, it's just, a profit. Oh, yeah, so. they don't make a profit. So <laughs> that's the difference. But if also, if you watch the movies he's made lately, like, you know, any of them, you know, mom and dad is a, is a possible example, uh, uh, you, you know, isn't that, but there are other ones like two, one, one or between worlds or like all these one-offs he does where he just shows up and says some stuff. He doesn't cage it up. It's like, yeah. He's now he's just a working actor and it's a little mm. sad. Well, I mean, it's that started in the, the middle aughts. Uh, I think like you can are kind we, of point to crossing the Rubicon of leaving Las Vegas and getting. Into well, this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but it's well, I think it's a fair discussion, too, that leaving Las Vegas is definitely the fulcrum because that's the one that he won the Oscar for. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. the Oscar curse. Maybe before, every actor. Yeah. Maybe before we do cross that, we should just say offhand okay what is your favorite nick cage movie pre-academy award yeah valley girl raising arizona guarding tess no i'm joking uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey that yeah that did come no, before it's, it's yeah, no, yeah. I, it's 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 uh raising arizona yeah i mean honeymoon in vegas is always good for a laugh still and that really baffles me that i can still watch that one in vegas that's the that's the fun part before it turns sour and alcoholic yeah yeah and sjp Uh, (laughs) yeah and then right before he does leave las vegas he does kiss of death which is a remake of like a 50s 40s noir uh and he's just so fucking unhinged in that that it's to the point where it's almost unwatchable And then he's oh, leaving God. Las Vegas, that's and he's right. yeah, and like he's that's the, like that's that's like what Barbie Schroeder and yeah. uh, and the red haired guy from David Crusoe, uh, yeah, yeah. And I just I remember watching that and laughing my ass off as Nick Cage bench presses a yes. woman, yeah. It's just <laughs> so ridiculous. So awesome. and like, but it's the kind of thing where you look at the movie, you're like, that's totally his idea. That's not even in the script. Yeah, and they said, okay, is, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that is an original tough guy dude thing to do. I love it. <laughs> 
but then you get leaving las vegas which i mean i haven't watched it in like 30 years because goddamn, that's the biggest downer oh yeah uh, he's good in it but at the same time it's like you just knew it was courting the oscar voters and i just i can't give it a lot of credit for that because it's just one yeah. of the performances that they love broken person so yeah yeah i yeah uh, i i felt the same way i was watching it going oh yeah this yeah of course this one i didn't see it when it came out when it, yeah. i eventually saw it i was like this is so cynical <laughs> but but then you look at his career after leaving las vegas now i'm going to just read off the list of like six titles that he did right after this over a course of like three mm -hmm. years one of them will be the greatest movie ever made go ahead uh so 1996 the rock 97 con air and face off both come there out. there we go there it is uh, face 98 off. Okay. you get city of angels which is the weird uh american remake of uh the vim vendors movie that yeah. i the title escapes me yeah. right now wings uh wings of desire then you get uh something called snake eyes which is a de yeah. palma eight millimeter bringing out the dead and then gone Bring in 60 out the seconds dead. Yeah. Bring Out the Dead was really good. I mean, well, I mean that, yeah, it's Scorsese, and uh, yeah, and the 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 guy who was it that the worst filmmaker ever made uh, wrote it. Um, uh, it'll come to Paul Schrader, and <laughs> yeah. and yeah, it's like yeah, but but again, it's his opportunity to be full tilt. Yeah. But yeah, you know, but I love that he told yeah you know, he basically said yeah you could be full tilt just as long as you remember your character hasn't slept in three days yeah. the entire fucking time. Well, yeah, and you can kind of see that uh, he he's doing movies where he gets to be manic most of the film time, uh, mm -hmm. which works in his favor. But yeah, Face Off I think is this is the definitely the standout at least in the the late nineties early aughts portion yeah. of his career just for sheer just balls out like i'm gonna this chew is, as much scenery as i fucking can yeah. i don't care this it's, is <laughs> this is nick cage action hero phase right you mentioned the yeah. rock yeah. and con air and and face off in the same breath and like yeah that's that's yeah. sort of of a, a vibe I, and i do like okay the concept of face off that nicholas cage and john travolta for various plot reasons switch faces and so they end mm -hmm. up playing each other and yeah nick nick cage just nick cages it up and is yeah, he's he's trying to be calm. He's trying to be Travolta, but not very hard. Whereas John Travolta basically for once gets to be over the top because he's not playing yeah. himself. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably the 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 best distillation of what people think Nick Cage is about, because the character John Travolta plays in that movie is just unhinged from the get-go it's just basically they took the leash off for vulture and just said do whatever and he's like in his mind he's like well this is what nick cage would do yeah <laughs> and, then it, and, and nicholas so. cage started shooting like he he started making that film like a day or two after they finished filming con air he was nice. like on the plane like the night of the rap party and i don't think he knew what he was doing he he, he was like oh okay i guess i'm okay you know he like just he didn't do he didn't pretend to be john travolta he right. just it was like okay i'll just not yeah. be crazy for a moment well it's definitely a, a gear <laughs> shift because the role he plays in con air is might be my second favorite of this whole uh era because he's got this the damn that goofy mullet he walks around the wife beater and he's just got that dumb accent and he gets to say lines like put the bunny down i said put the bunny back in the box right before a fight scene it's just it's so it's ridiculous but like yeah. yeah like the rock conair and face off all bang 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 it's just like that's your post oscars run i hope you're making bank man and he did because they're all giant hits yeah I'm sure but oh fuck uh uh yeah but he was so he, he made he this is the period like where like for five five years or so he proved yes i'm bankable yeah and then uh then he gave up <laughs> well then he made like some other ones that didn't quite stick uh until national treasure he got to be yeah. weird but but for my money the adaptation is what i'll pick for my top oh, from this era because it's my tops because i mean it's like obvious actor fodder because he gets to play twins but they're so distinct yet you can tell that they're twins i mean it's just the, that that level of concentration for an actor to play a dual role like that believably is yeah. always astonishing to me but but yeah. also a character that is 
a proxy for you know and named after the yeah. writer yeah. charlie kaufman who is a genius in his own right I, right i yeah <laughs> what's so lovely about that is donald kaufman is such a uh, an optimist you know, mm -hmm. and so happy. And there's so many shots of Charlie Kaufman where his level of cringe is palpable. It's like he got yeah. it. He didn't Nick Cage that up. He just he's like gritting his teeth like I yeah. want to not be here. And exactly. <laughs> and that and that to me is uh, where you can kind of disengage from the whole myth of Nick Cage is this crazy unhinged actor, because when you get him the right material and the right people around him. Uh, you get these kind of performances which are, yeah. are just astonishing and you forget that he's oh yeah he's an actual actor but yeah. then he's gonna make you know 17 just straight to video nonsense bullshit movies this yeah. this 97 like 95 to 2005 period i guess we'll call it yeah. i have a tough time picking just one because face off is my favorite just popcorn fun right bringing out the dead i think is probably one of his best performances uh you're right, adaptation. Uh, but Lord of War is very underrated. Which I Lord still have War, never seen. That's one of those yeah, blind it's, spots. It's so fascinating. It's so damn good. Just the the story of an arms dealer who comes out of nowhere in Little Odessa, New York, and becomes you know the biggest, most terrifying right. arms dealer. But the whole time, all he wants is the girl from high school to like him. <laughs> and it's this weird innocence that he approaches all the shit he does with. And it's yeah. not until the end he realizes just how much death he's caused. It is, yeah, it's, I highly recommend Lord of War. Oh, it's, it seems to go in a piece with like Matchstick Men as well, where he gets to play the guy with, OCD, who's the con man. Uh, that's another fairly subtle performance uh, for the most part. It's sort of like yeah. this is this is like Dick Cage doing Dustin Hoffman's Rain Man, but it's good. Yeah. It's sort of the vibe on Magic Men. So you, you get these like weird, like really subtle, nice performances that it's like, oh, you forget that he's actually acting. You just kind of go with it. And then the other ones where it's just so bombastic and over the top. It's like, how do you choose? How do you choose? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he seems to be calming down in this in this era. That yeah. one, Weatherman, National Treasure, even he's not, you know, flipping out of his head. Weird. Well, then there's that weird, like, why did you even do this Wicker Man remake? <laughs> I mean, it's like it oh, just doesn't need to get made because Joey Ramone asked him to. Because oh, really? Joey Ramone was like a huge fan. They were both huge fans of the original. Oh my god! And like his dying wish was, you got to do Wicker Man, dude. Okay. Yeah, which is stupid. <laughs> That's ah. not a reason. Uh, the bees, the bees. Yeah. So I guess yeah, we're not we're not really in a like a a two parter career. I guess he does have like a a third act going right now. And then yeah, doesn't he? I uh, was drive angry around this time because I kind of liked that. Ah, let's see. Feels like it was gone in, in that sixty period. seconds, but uh, drive angry I think is later. I don't know. Drive, okay. drive angry is like twenty eleven. Ah. So that's like he's done. That's the point at where he's uh, just doing whatever. But yeah, but Drive Angry is actually good. I mean, it, it it doesn't. You wouldn't believe it because it's right in the middle of so much horrible. You know, <laughs> it's in the middle of like is is like five movies a year. Right. I need the cash phase, but uh, I recommend it. Well, this but, I mean, this this new phase can also be kind of marked by his. He starts doing a lot of voice actor work. Right. Right. So in two thousand and one, he does a christmas carol movie but then he starts showing up in a bunch of stuff you know ant bully and astro boy crudes and g-force and stuff like that and and so you'll he'll and of course spider-man uh he did uh spider-man noir well don't forget uh teen titans go to the movies where he got to play oh Superman. yeah we got to <laughs> <Wow>. superman finally <laughs> yeah yes. so yeah we start to see this is and this i guess is where i think the Boy, I better just take every job phase of his career starts mm. is like yeah. in the mid 2000s. But but you do get a lot of like surprise good things. It's like he'll take anything and like one in five actually works. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's here's my problem with it, though, is like I tried. I wasn't in the mood for something like Pig, which I still want to see. Uh, I wasn't in the mood for Mandy, which is something I still want to see. But I had to get one of his newer ones because I'll be honest, I don't think I've seen much of anything with him since the early aughts, maybe kick ass. And so I thought I'd sit down and try Willie's Wonderland, 
And oh my god! Speaking <laughs> that, yeah, I don't think so. But I literally that couldn't shit. get. To, I couldn't get through the opening credits. It was just like I don't even care if he gives the best performance of his career. This is like one of the worst technically made yeah. movies I've seen, and I don't know how long. And I just uh, got irritated. You should have seen Jujitsu. I brought that one to the to the fresh shit yeah. during pandemic times, and that was well terrible. I did watch Renfield the other night, and I got to tell you, that was a big shrug for me. It's just. Yeah, I don't understand the love that that gushed over it because it's just pretty standard. There was no love. It bombed. Yeah, it's, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I liked it. I it was serviceable. What I I I mean, that one is funny because they go for the hyper violence, but yeah, you know, and they don't do a love story. I guess. And well, I mean, yeah. and Renf, that kid Renf, they, what's his name? Renf, the guy who's playing Renfield, Renfield was Renfield was as a child was his son in uh, the Weatherman. Yeah, which is kind of funny. I mean, it was fine, but I mean, it it was it was good to to see Nick Cage get to play just a full out villain, which he doesn't always get to do. Mm-hmm. Like you'd think it would be a natural fit for him, but rarely has he been the villain in a piece. And so this was good for him to just cut loose because he just mm-hmm. he just went nuts. But he had like the the Nosferatu teeth, and he was really hamming it up. And just he screams, going full "Hail tilt. Satan!" as his last line. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck yes! <laughs> so I mean, it was it was enjoyable enough, but it's sort of like yeah, like when you see him in these big budget movies, they're kind of always misusing him just slightly. It feels like because there's mm-hmm. this, there's like the uh, the witch hunter one that he was in a long time ago. Uh, well, what about? I mean, the unbearable weight of massive talent is kind of like. I think the yeah. button on this whole conversation, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. You guys have both seen that by now. Yeah. Yes. And I'll, I'll, I'll agree. It's good, but it's sort of, uh, like everybody's version of Nick Cage, which I like yeah. the conceit of that movie, and that's sort yeah. of why I think he's so interesting as a performance because you can never quite pin him down because you don't really know him. He's like he's that's he's all persona, and I think that works in the favor for a movie like Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent because <laughs> it's just you bring your own projection to it. Because it's like the whole thing where everybody like brings up their one Nick Cage movie, and the, and the one FBI right. like the one that kills. He's like, oh, he's in that Moonstruck shit, right? And it's just like that's of all of the movies, like that's the one that she focused in on, and it just makes me laugh when I think of it because he's got a thousand movies, right? A one yeah. year, he's got a lot. I uh, yeah that so one, this this post but we're now in like that post period where he will do goddamn anything and it's a little sad yeah I mean what can you do like do you think he's got another like super big iconic performance coming out of him I like, mean you think he'll get a big Eric movie would and say Mandy was kind of a big yeah. deal but oh, that's Mandy was yeah but that's not like a big huge studio tent pull yeah i know what you mean yeah i don't think i don't think so i mean i doubt it disney will bring back the sorcerer's (laughs) apprentice and yeah yeah, sorcerer's apprentice too with apprentice harder is gonna kick your ass maybe can we get can we get kill chain too maybe what's what i think will probably happen is a not not the but a tarantino will make a movie and he will pull the robert forrester from jackie brown where it's like, think, oh yeah, I think, remember okay. him, and he'll be fucking brilliant, and everyone okay. will suddenly remember how much they like him. Okay, I guess yeah. it's hard to imagine. Like, like it, he'll never stop working. I don't think. I just don't think he's got it in him. Yeah. But, but just based on his choices in the last at least ten years, it's sort of like, yeah, like you say, the the percentage of good to bad is going to be a fairly slim proposition. Yeah. But the ones that are good are going to be ridiculous. Really good. good. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, uh, knowing is one of my favorite disaster films and because it's got all the disasters and it's <laughs> so good. God, I wish everyone would see knowing. I wish everyone would understand what a brilliant film that is. Um, the frozen ground, which is like another very budgety, not much money behind it. He did five movies that year movie. And it yeah. is actually good. And he's not Nick caging it up. He's actually being an actor. But, okay. you know, it's got a bunch of people in it that, like, nobody cares about anymore. Yeah. You know? uh, I don't know. It's hard to hard to say. Maybe they, the maybe is, they can do I, like a... I think the problem is every time he does a Ghostwriter movie, people go, oh, Nick Cage needs to stop. Well, if, okay, if they don't bring him into Deadpool 3, I'll be shocked. 
Like, come on. <laughs> well, come I mean, on. didn't they use like a, a weird CGI version of him as Superman from the when he was supposed to be Superman <laughs> for Tim Burton? Doesn't he show up in the Flash as that? Does he? That's I cool. Think, like they just bring him in on one of the, the crappy IMDb CGI. He says he does. Yes. Okay. Um yeah. Like no, from it, one of the alternate realities. Yes. Yeah. Got yeah, it. No, the, the the Nick Cage Superman is in the Flash, and that's all I'll say for now. Uh, yes, with with the long hair and everything. Oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah, you got to remember, I was working on the Superman game. I actually saw some of the like early like yeah. you know camera tests with the costume and yeah. the, the sparklies. I can't believe they went there. I'm so happy. Yeah. I I don't think it's even fair to judge though, just because it never got made. It might have been awesome. I mean, there's so many movies we love where on paper you go, oh, that sounds horrible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if, if this movie ever shows up on another streaming service again, I want to I want it to be a show, which is The Death of Superman Lives What Happened. Uh, yeah. It's a documentary about that that's just not on streaming. And I need to see this documentary. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I guess what's his name? The the guy who made that that Superman movie, the, the one the one that actually came out. Uh, yeah, like he would walk around with a picture of Nick Cage in the Superman costume. And every time a suit would tell him, you know, no, you should do this. He would just show them the Nick Cage picture and go, no, this is why I get to decide what we do. Yeah, because <laughs> you said this was OK. Yeah, it's like him telling me, like, yeah, you you want this to be quest for peace? Sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. Well, I, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. It's just. uh well, you know, what is you your? I guess then, what is your favorite post Academy Award Nick Cage movie? Oh, that's for Nick adaptation. Cage because I mean, adaptation yeah. is pretty much what I gravitate towards. Uh, it's hard for me to pick anything in the last like fifteen years if I'm yeah totally honest I mean, on this. I mean, like Knowing is a great film, but not because of Nick Cage. Uh, you know, he's just in a really great film. I I got to go with Mandy. I think Mandy is the most surreal, beautiful horrifying thing i've ever seen everybody I know, I know that nick cage himself says it's pig so that might be a reason to watch that yeah yeah like but, i said they're on the list but it's just it's hard man it's hard i yeah. i've been burned too many times by a nick cage jam to where it's just hard for me to get over that initial you know what i mean but fair whatever. enough well hopefully the audience has been burned too many times by a magnificently huge jam yeah. Uh, and hopefully that means they're going to stay subscribed to the podcast and uh, tell a friend, share it around. Friend. Yeah. Yeah. No. Tell us yeah. what you want to hear. We'll yeah. do it. We're whores. Yeah. And if you want to figure out how to tell us that, go to our website, maghuge.com, M A G H U G E.com. You'll find links to all our socials there and a link to email us, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. All right. I am the greatest. 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 Hey.